Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step by step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. Why have people mm. selling 75% of their program before their doors even open? Why people are having mm. their first figure launch? And it's because all of these things that I'm talking about here are really put into play, but it's not done in a manipulative way, right? It's really done in a way where we're putting the client first because we know them so well that when we can do this, it starts creating all of the stuff that we're talking about today. So, Brenna, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm excited for the listener. My first question is a potent one. As a launch strategist, a copywriter who's been helping coaches and course creators and high-end service providers increase launch revenue and call in perfect fit clients and reduce launch burnout with a strategic pre-launch, and you've been doing this since 2018, what I want to know is... If the listener only heard the next three minutes of this podcast episode, what is at stake if they do not do their pre-launch phase correctly? Well, you're leaving money on the table. Like I see a lot of nuance in the world and marketing, but I can say without a shadow of a doubt that when you can do an effective strategic pre-launch, there's no way you cannot increase revenue, which is part of how it works. How is that part of how it works, though? Like, what's the connection between pre-launch and increased revenue? Yeah, and great question. So when you back up in pre-launch, right? So I like typically like four to six weeks. What ends up happening is we get the buyer to buy in, for lack of better words, the prospect to buy in to what we're about to offer. So let me give you an example. Okay. I always use my friend Linda Sidhu. She has a program called the Quiz Lab right? Hmm. But before you're ready to invest in a course all about how to create a strategic quiz, 
you have to really believe that quizzes are the way to grow your email list and to be able to separate and segment your email list. You have to believe that lead gen is super important to the overall thing. You know, there's all these beliefs that happen before we decide to buy an offer, a product, a course, a program, whatever that is. So what ends up happening when you do this pre-launch process that I'm talking about is that you get people to buy in. I always say during pre-launch, you're selling your process, not your product. You get people to buy into your process. So for example, for me, if you truly believe that pre-launch is the way to increase revenue and have way less stress on your next launch, when I offer you the pre-launch plan program, there's a lot less resistance around that. And when you have less resistance and less friction in your marketing and sales, your sales just increase. That's just the way it is. So, I mean, my gosh, I have a Facebook ads client. I think she has to go unnamed at the moment, though. But we're talking six-figure launches when I run ads for her launches. Let's talk to the listener who maybe has a small team, three, four people, and their launch phase. I mean, launches are draining. So if we're going to add on the pre-launch phase, too, now we've gone from two-week launch to... That makes it eight weeks total, eight to 10 weeks total. What do we do there? I love that you're asking this question because this is one of my biggest objections that I get. And this is exactly why you need to do a pre-launch because in my pre-launch content that I'm putting out, I need to, for lack of better words, overcome that objection that you just said that, oh, when you do a pre-launch, now all of a sudden a launch is eight weeks. And I say, no, 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 no. It's not eight weeks. You're not extending your sales period. You are using strategic content, very intentional content. I call it consideration content. What ends up happening with most launches, if we go from nurture, we just kind of like throw out some like our random content. We fill the content pillars. I used to be a social media manager. Mm -hmm. And then we go, okay, we're opening the doors the next day. There's not this like in between time (laughs) where we're actually warming people up. So you're not extending the length of your launch. You're actually Mm -hmm. making when your launch comes around a heck of a lot more effective because you're already getting buy-in before you actually launch using content that is not salesy pressure all of those things. So a lot of times what I see is part of the reason why people get so burnt out during launches because they haven't done a pre-launch. They have set themselves up for everything to rest on a one to two week period. And when things don't go right, everyone flips out, right? Where if you already have people that are bought in, that are like excited to buy what you have, looking at it, if you have buyers like me who are slow decision makers who are taking their time, right? When you start doing that, the launch period becomes easier. And I can say this, I have testimonials from clients, but I can say this for myself. I launched the pre-launch plan program Gosh, it was September and it was my easiest launch ever. I did no webinar. I increased revenue by 25 to 30%. And and I had amazing people come through, but that wouldn't have happened had I not been doing this process that we're chatting about today. Okay, all right. I know the listener's like, okay, let's go further. And we're gonna talk about your framework or anticipation marketing. But before we get there, that's really good. That's gonna be like the meat of the episode. But before we get there, what I wanna know is, Back when you were first on the podcast with Rick, and that was July 2022, I think it was episode 614. We'll link it up in the show notes below. But you said something, well, you said many things that I wrote down, but you said something which was that you saw then 
that the launching landscape was changing. And so now that we're at the end, at the time of this episode's recording, we're at the end of November, just before Thanksgiving in 2023. And I want to know, what do you see that's working and not working in launching like right now for online course creators, membership owners, and coaches? Right. What I see happening is people not giving enough space to their person to make a good decision. So what I see is people trying to rely on the launch tactics that used to work and sometimes do work. So one of my sayings is everything works and nothing works, right? Like we're in marketing. We can figure out a use case for probably anything working or not working. But what I notice as a whole is that the market is not, especially if you're selling something you know, 2000 and over, maybe even a thousand at this point, like people being able to say, okay, I'm doing a webinar today and I'm going to give you five days to decide to spend thousands of dollars. It's Mm. just not working as well as it used to. And that's because there's market saturation with the pandemic online business grew a lot, right? On top of that, we have people who have invested heavily in courses and programs, haven't gotten the results that they thought they should. They're maybe a little unhappy. So now we're not just dealing with the fact that people have like market saturation and competition. We're dealing with people going, eh, there's a hesitancy in the market and it's growing daily. And I work with people day in and day out on launches. And we do research around their particular client. And I see this across the board where people are like, I've invested before. I'm nervous to invest. And on top of it, there's just recession, you know, and I don't know necessarily in like full recession, but the wallets have been tightened. And so all of a sudden, these sales and things that we've done in the past just aren't working as well. And I think, which is great, we're dealing with a more sophisticated buyer. So our marketing has to become more sophisticated. I 100% agree. And, you know, when I was watching your previous episode, you had mentioned that the whole concept of a pre-launch phase you want someone to show up to the launch already seriously contemplating whether to buy or even to already be contemplating whether or not to buy before the launch starts. And when you talk about market sophistication now, that becomes even more important here at the end of 2023. So my question to you is, what do you see as like part of that pre-launch phase that really can help somebody stand out from all the other people who are doing what they're doing or selling what they're selling online? What I think is a true opportunity for everyone to stand out is because you have this extended time to get that buyer to lean into what you're doing is that you can use a mix of A lot of times I call it pace. I have like a little framework, which is personality, authority, Mm -hmm. credibility, empathy. So I'll go over those personality, authority, credibility, empathy. Exactly. So the reason why you can stand out during a pre-launch period is because you're able to talk about, you know, using personality. We use a lot of stories during pre-launch. So this is not salesy content. I'm a copywriter, right? So in the past, there's been this world of you either create content or you're writing conversion copy. 
this is where we go back to what I mentioned earlier, which is like this consideration time to me is a mix of content and copywriting that we're using copywriting our persuasive skills in our content, but we're doing it in a very creative way, which makes it fun. So that's the other thing I want to mention here. The pressure is off because all of a sudden I can tell a quirky story about, you know, my pug just passed away, but Oh, sorry. Oh, that's okay. But you know, I would always tell stories about the silly stuff this dog would do, right? Like I can talk about it with a metaphor or analogy and stories. So when I use personality, people that's building no like trust, that's helping me stand out, that's helping people remember me because I am telling stories. If I mm-hmm. use authority, which is I want people to see me as an expert in this in the space. And that is what in today's market, right? You want to be seen as a true expert in the space that you're in. So you have opportunities to speak your mind, be able to talk about your values, things like that in your pre-launch content that also builds that goes back to that no like trust. Credibility is I can tell customer and client stories. I can use case studies. I can use these in very creative ways so that I'm not just telling people how great, you know, once again, I'll use the pre-launch process as it's not me just saying how great the pre-launch process is. I can like tie in stories of what's happening with customers and clients to help do some of this persuasion. And last but not least is empathy, which I feel like since I started talking about it, you know, there's always kind of like buzzy words, but empathy is like when we can truly understand our client, when we understand them, when we understand how they think, how they feel, and we can reflect that back to them in copy, then they start to see us as the person that can help them. So in this market, this is why doing a pre-launch is so important because I've written long form sales pages forever for clients, for myself, right? What I see a lot of time in launches is people are trying to take this like what, 40, 50 page Google document and trying to somehow smush all of this like education and belief shifting and everything into 10 launch emails. And then they're wondering, why is this not working as well? That's why, because we're dealing with a more sophisticated buyer. All of a sudden, Mm. now we can be, we have this opportunity to really stand out in a non-pressury way. And the last thing I'll say around that is one of my favorite quotes from a book is never split the difference, Chris Foss. He talks about when you give people the opportunity to say no, they often Mm. say yes. And that's the other thing that we're doing. We're giving our clients, our customers, our readers, a lot of autonomy in their decision-making. And when you give people autonomy, they feel much more in control of the buying process. And that is a beautiful thing. When people feel in control and they're not feeling pressured and they're not feeling so much, you know, one of my quotes, I don't know if I said this on the last episode because I've been saying it forever is like the more empathy you have, the less urgency and scarcity you need. And that's really what I want to lean into is like, it's not working as well as it used to anyway. So I don't want my entire launch to rely on like doors are closing. I wanted to rely on someone having a belief that they're really going to get a transformation and then coming and investing with me. And when we do that, we get also better clients and customers who create better testimonials and it starts creating the cyclical effect. Wow. That is something that can't be overlooked. More empathy means you need less urgency and scarcity. Absolutely. And what you just said. Okay. All right. We're listening. I feel like we jumped the gun and we're already into the anticipation marketing. I know we are. Um, I got a question. All right. Before when you said authority, pace, personality, authority, credibility, and empathy. When you said authority, something that stuck out to me was to 
you mentioned speak your mind and talk about your values. I got my keyboard stuck on my lap under the desk so that hopefully the clackety clack clacketing of my fingers isn't like picking up in the mic. But I wrote that down because in my mind, speaking my mind and talking about my values doesn't build authority. So I'm like super curious how that builds authority because I know that I want to change my content, but then the listener probably is thinking the same thing. Right. So when I say speak your mind, I'm not saying confrontational. So I really want to point that out because especially in the world that we're in, I am not for creating havoc, if you will. What I am saying is that in my industry, in my niche, I see things that I want to see change in. I see lot, for example, this is a great authority example. I've been talking a lot lately. I feel like launching has got this really bad rap. Oh, it's so stressful. And, and, you know, you should just try and go evergreen all the time. And I'm not saying don't go evergreen. What I'm saying is launching is not fundamentally the problem. It's the way the market has approached launching is the problem. So suddenly here, I'm speaking my mind about the industry that I'm in. And when I'm doing that, I'm either getting people that are leaning into me and that are like, oh, like, this is interesting. This is what I've been feeling. Or I get the people who are like, Brenna's crazy and launching is horrible no matter what. And those people are never going to be my buyers anyway. But the people who are, are going to start leaning in. So that's when I'm talking about authority content is you really figuring out in your industry what you stand for and what you stand against and being able to speak about that very clearly so that you start grabbing the right people before you launch. Gotcha. Speak your mind, polarize, but not just about anything inside of your niche, what you believe should be and should not be being practiced. Yes. And sometimes I'll do this in a funny way outside my niche. Like, you know, I did a social media post or something, Instagram, where I talked about like, can someone please make a white t-shirt that's not see-through for women? I don't know why this is so hard, which ironic, we're both in white today. And so I know, right? Yeah. So to me, so I was speaking my mind, but in like a fun way, like every brand is different. But for my brand, that's the other way that I can do it. And it's funny on those like relatable things that I speak my mind about, you know, I'm middle age. So I make jokes about, you know, being over 40, things like that is another way. That's not really necessarily like authority, authority, but these are the kind of things where you tie maybe that personality in a little bit that helps people see you differently. Gotcha. All right. So I think we should officially say that we're talking about anticipation marketing and break this down for the listener, but in three sentences, anticipation marketing. Anticipation marketing is just essentially where you create buzz and excitement before you launch. And when we're talking about launching, this could be anything from a lead magnet to a website to your high ticket offer, right? But really to me, and this goes back to something I said a little earlier, I as a consumer don't like to be pressured, but I like to buy when it feels good and I'm excited. Mm -hmm. And so I really started to think like, okay, how can we start building buzz and anticipation? How can we, I wrote down the definition of anticipation, excitement, waiting eagerly for something that's going to happen. That's what I want in my promotion periods. I want people to be excited for what's about to happen to them and about to happen to their launches. When I can do that, it taps a different part of the brain And it also changes the way that you approach your sales periods. 
Agreed. Agreed. I'm just taking notes. I thought you were going to keep talking. <laughs> but, so I'm taking notes of what you wrote about anticipation and the instant thought like image in my mind, because it's like almost Christmas. So it's my children when we, is it a mistake? I don't know. You said your kid is 20, right? Yes. Well, I have 20, 17 and 16. 2017 and 16. I got four and seven. So I guess the side question to this, does it get easier? Um, if you would have asked me this last week, I would have said yes. This week has been a rough week. It does. Parenting gets way easier, but it becomes more emotional. And it's interesting oh. being a business owner, I believe has made me a better parent. Being a coach has made me a better parent. So I'm very thankful I've gone down this, but I definitely think like no one prepares you for some of the emotional stuff that happens when they're teenagers and navigating that time or creating young adults that are getting jobs and things like that. But I do feel like overall, yes, it gets a hundred percent easier. I love being a parent of teenagers 99% of the time. So okay. you have something to look forward to for sure. All right, cool, cool. That's, that, that's good. <laughs> See my seven-year-old and she's like starting to figure out how to be deceitful. And I'm like, Oh, you're so cute with your 70-year-old Ray. Don't you know that I'm like older than you and could just see through like your very rudimentary lie? But go ahead, tell me your lie. Yeah, um, well, they do that as teenagers too. Like, oh yeah, you don't think uh, I ever went to a party when I was in high school? Like you kind of let them create their own bed to lie in. <laughs> so when you were saying anticipation, I was thinking about the the mistake and I'm going to call it a mistake that me and my wife can make when we tell our kids a little too early um, about a trip coming up or that we went to buy a Christmas present. I'm just kind of a few mistakes I've made. And then it's like every day they're asking about it because they're con they know it's coming, but their concept of time is still forming. And so that's immediately what I thought about anticipation. And you create this. So you have a system. You have a system for other coaches and course creators like your clients to really create that in their pre-launch phase. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you that you're walking the tightrope sometimes where you don't want to be so too early to the game. However, then we're talking a lot of times with adults making very large purchases. So that's why with anticipation, we're getting people excited for either the pain being removed out of their life or the transformation of the promise of our offer about to happen to them. But we have to navigate this because as humans, a lot of times, right, we get excited about something. It's funny, I was just reading a book by David Garfinkel and he talked about this where like people get excited and then they start to feel some resistance. And that's what I see. So it's like anticipation marketing to me is if you could just build buzz and excitement, then we'd all be millionaires, right? Because you would just say, "Ooh, this is coming and people sure. would be excited. What we have to do is build buzz and excitement while dealing with the things that are going to come up and block people in the way. So the way I approach this whole period that we've talked about this four to six weeks with anticipation is we're building up anticipation. And then what ends up happening is we get people who are like, I don't think this is possible for me. I think that a pre-launch is too long, like four to six weeks. That seems like more work. We're dealing with the way people think and the things that stop them from buying. So what ends up happening is we have to deal with that while 
trying to remove some of those, change the way people think with our content, doing some belief shifting, helping showing them the objections of why this isn't the case or why actually they're doing something to hold themselves back. So in the middle of all of that, that's what we're kind of contending with when we use anticipation. Okay. So I feel like the listener, I'm not going to say me because I'm just going to blame it on the listener. But I feel, I feel somebody listening, maybe me, could be thinking of a content calendar and wondering how in the heck are they going to plan all this out <laughs> cohesively and make their pre-launch phase work with anticipation marketing, dotting all their T's and crossing all their I's. Well, they should just join the pre-launch plan program, right? Like that's the way you get the content calendar where I've done all of this thinking for you. But I would say in general, 80%, right? I'm just throwing out a number here. 80% of people aren't doing any of this. They're not thinking of creative ways to talk about what they're up to, about how people can get transformation. They're not doing so. I would say if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, Maybe this seems like a lot, right? Because I put a lot of thought process into this. It's not so much that it's a lot. You're creating content anyway. So that's the thing I really want to point out here. You're creating a podcast. You're doing social media posts. You're doing emails. So you are effectively wasting time, if you will. You know, I know that's a strong statement. Yeah. We'll go back to my authority statement. But you're truly (laughs) wasting time and hurting your own launch by not doing this process, right? Like you are not really being intentional with the content. So it's not a matter of, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this, right? Like you're already doing this. Now we're just gonna do it in a different way that is a little bit more effective than what you're already doing. Because that's what happens. People either ignore their audience before launch because they're so busy launching or Mm. they are just kind of throwing stuff out there probably because they're busy doing launches. So that's my answer for you. Nice, nice, powerful answer. (laughs) All right. You are wasting time calling somebody out. But no, okay. It's like, I was wondering, I was like, is she going to go for like the TKO and knock them out? Or is she going to bring them back? And you brought them back. Like, you're right. We are already posting and keeping up. I was going to say like that content treadmill, um, but there's another negative analogy. It doesn't have to be like that, though. So but then can I say something, too, is when you start doing this process, the beautiful thing about the process that I've created for people, which is why I created it. No one was talking about this. Right. So the beautiful process is, if anything, your content becomes much easier to create because you know exactly when, what to say when to say it. And you know that it's something that the reader needs to hear because you've done your research. So keep in mind, all of that is that that is part of the reason too, when we go back to anticipation marketing here, is that you're saying something that's making people think differently. I was reading a book called Talk Like Ted. And there is this beautiful part in here where it talks about when people can learn something different. And I think you'll really like this as a teacher, when they can see something differently, it actually creates a hit of dopamine in your mind. And when you have a hit of dopamine, there was a researcher in here that said, it's almost like a save button in your brain. And that and coincidentally, anticipation also releases dopamine. So all of a sudden you're getting people excited And they're pressing save in their brain when you start to do this process. So that's really what you should think about here is like, okay, 
I am not just creating random content. I'm creating this content that's like people are excited about and that they're clocking in their brain. Yes, this is something I'm thinking about, something I'm listening to, something I'm contemplating. Okay, go to buttons to release dopamine in the listeners or watchers that are, you know, paying attention to your business ecosphere. You want to give us two? Give you two. Explain to me your question again. I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Like, how do I on purpose get somebody to have a dopamine hit so they remember what I'm talking about? Right. So I always talk about belief shifts. And so maybe this podcast could be an example, possibly, of a dopamine hit. Like, I'm showing you information in a new way. A lot of people have talked about launches. I'm guessing you've never heard someone talk about it in this way. So in a very meta way, me talking about how dopamine creates a save button that helps people remember you when it comes time to buy right there. That is a bit of a hit of the dopamine, right? When I start to talk, so like during one part of the pre-launch, we go into what I call transformation week, where we start to really future pace people on what's possible. Well, maybe someone truly hasn't believed in the past that they can get these kind of results. So all of a sudden, they're learning something new and they're seeing something different. And so in that way, we're building up the excitement for what's to come, while at the same time presenting information that's different, which is creating those hits of dopamine. So, you know, and I'm not like a dopamine dealer. This isn't like, I, this is just, it's been amazing <laughs> to me. It's been amazing to me going through this process. Like yeah. I started to do pre-launch just because I thought there's a way to do differently. I see a hole in the market that the more I study, learn, do all the things, I get confirmation after confirmation of why my clients have tripled enrollment in their programs, why I have people mm-hmm. selling 75% of their program before their doors even open, why people are having mm-hmm. their first figure launch. And it's because all of these things that I'm talking about here are really put into play, but it's not done in a manipulative way, right? It's really done in a way where we're putting the client first because we know them so well that when we can do this, it starts creating all of the stuff that we're talking about today. Did you just say 75%, like sell 75% of a program, like your program, the listener's program before the launch starts? Yes. And those are, we should say like full disclosure, right? Not everyone is selling 75% of their program beforehand, but I definitely have people that are selling 20, 30, 40% on average with Mm. doing this process that I help people walk through. And so absolutely, you can start seeing. And the really cool part is too, is when you are building anticipation, people are interested, people are ready to take action now and they can. What ends up happening is this beautiful cyclical effect that I talk about, which is you pre-sell some spots, which boosts your confidence. Like you go into a launch already having 20, 30% of your spots sold. And even if you have something where you don't have like a cap on there, even if you just have made sales, all of a sudden you feel way more confident. When you feel way more confident, you show up differently. When you show up differently, people feel it. When people feel it and they know people have already bought, it creates a natural FOMO. When you have a natural FOMO and people want that thing that you have, then all of a sudden, then you get more buyers and you get more buyers and then it all starts happening again. So this process that I'm talking about here, it's not just about creating anticipation, which of course I love. It really feeds and creates the cyclical movement. And then the other cool part about it is because 
we're giving people that four to six weeks that we're doing pre-launch, people are making mm-hmm. really good buying decisions. And when people make really good buying decisions, they come into your program ready to do the work or take your course. They get better results. Once they get better results, then they start doing your word of mouth marketing for you. So all of a sudden, as I see the compounding effect, I have one particular student who was part of the first round of the pre-launch plan program, just did her third launch, which by the way, everything I'm talking about becomes a rinse and repeat process. Just did her third launch and had her biggest launch ever, even in this market, right? And it's because of what we're talking about here, because all of a sudden then you have amazing front end marketing that you know exactly what to say and how to say it. And you get this back end marketing of testimonials and people talking about you and it starts doing your selling for you as well. Well, dang. I mean, sign me up, like seriously, you had me at 75% sales. Okay. All right. How is this working? Can you like motivate the listener by just sharing some, not the sensational story, right? Cause I know you got those two, but let's just talk average Jill and Joe success stories from people who are like implementing this anticipation marketing that you're teaching in their business. Like what's possible? Well, I mean, I've given like the extreme what's possible. I think what's possible, and actually someone bought into my program the last time for this. And this is something too, if people are listening, they're like, maybe you don't have these huge results or whatever it is, is someone bought into my program, bought my VIP package, which is not a cheap package because on my sales page, I had one person who said how they had their most calm and confident lunch yet. To them, that was like so worth it. So I think what's possible is that you can get out of what I call this do or die launch cycle where you feel like you're killing yourself. And that's what launches end up becoming, right? Like I want to create an environment for you where you can go, where you can use buzz, excitement, stories, like all these things that we've been talking about. Can I create an environment where I'm more relaxed, more confident. Okay. Once again, I know what needs to be said. I know what, how to create content. I know I'm not sitting at a blank cursor. I'm not like throwing random stuff out there. So what's possible is that you can give yourself more space in your launches where you can create more income. Even in this market right now, a lot of people are happy just stay where they were at from the previous launches, right? Seriously. Right? So it's like, okay, yeah, maybe this isn't the extreme. You have your first six-figure launch, but what happens if you are able to at least sell what you did last time and then have data behind what's working and not working so you can rinse and repeat it again? So I think those are the things that are, you know, maybe less sensational, but definitely more effective or not more effective, but these are the things that can happen. Yes. Our goal is to always increase revenue. We're business owners, but I don't know. I know we both have children. Like I just don't want to be stressed. I want to be able to enjoy my business, have fun, serve my students and not be in this freak out cycle every launch. And that's really my main goal. And I do my own process. And so I know what it feels like when you're in self-doubt, when you have imposter syndrome, when people are asking you like the worst question anyone can ask during your launch, like, how's your launch going? And you're like, it's going horrible, (laughs) right? Like, that's what I really want. Because when you can start doing some of this pre-sell, when you know you already have interested buyers, you're not going into a seven-day launch period and being like, oh my gosh, 
is anyone going to buy? You already know you have buyers. People have already talked to you and you've had enough time to get feedback if people aren't buying that you have time to maybe change some of your marketing material, launch emails, things like that. Something you said, I don't know why it could just be because like my family's traveling right now. And at this moment, I'm home alone. But something you said about what was it you just said about children and you not being in freak out mode just reminded me like more than ever, like this is important because a lot of us who have online businesses are blessed to work at home, but way more than when I was growing up, like my dad and mom disappeared somewhere to work and I had no idea what they're doing. Like my kids might not super understand what I'm doing, but they can definitely see my emotions, my stress level. And I was like, I don't want to be in freak out mode for my kids to observe something that gives me a lot of joy. And I hope they could do something similar later on and them to like associate something negative with it. Right. And then, so what ends up happening is we've done launches where we're in freak out mode and people are like, I never want to do this again. So I'm going to go try and do an evergreen offer, right? And I'm not against evergreen offers. If you can get a well-optimized evergreen funnel running, beautiful. But even if you do that, if you implement these launch periods, you're still going to see more sales. So that's the first thing. But the other thing too, is that people try and like recoil and go, oh my gosh, I got to figure out how to go evergreen because I can't deal with this launch cycle. I'm trying to like even everything out. Like, okay, how can we not be like super stressed launch period. But then again, how can we start to create a way to have these higher income periods? So in a way that's not like, like we talked about, where you want to burn everything to the ground. I mean, can we say more? I think this is a great time to end the episode. This has been, it's been powerful learning from you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it, it really, 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 really has. Thank you for being here and sharing this. And I'm hoping that the listener who wants to learn more, you got a simple next step for them to find you and learn something from you. Yes. So if you want to come over and you're like, okay, you've talked so much about, you know, anticipation marketing and pre-launch, like how do I even start? I have the pre-launch cheat sheet and there's three beliefs that every buyer has to have before they can buy from you. And so I have a cheat sheet where I show you the type of content that you can create that supports those beliefs. Oh, I want to ask you for those beliefs right now. But I think I'm just going to have to go to the link and find it. What link is that to get the cheat sheet? BrennaMcGowan.co. Is it backslash or forward slash? I always get confused. Forward Forward slash cheat sheet. Thank you. Forward slash cheat sheet. We will. So BrennaMcGowan.co forward slash cheat sheet. Okay, I'm going to link that up in the show notes below. And thank you for spelling out anticipation marketing, even myself. As a Facebook ads manager, I get how important the pre-launch phase can be because I'm running Facebook ads during it, (laughs) during that phase. But you just taught me some very good things. And I know the listener, listener, head back to the beginning of this episode. Listen to it one more time. I gave you that hit of dopamine. So (laughs) without even trying. Right. Yeah. Dopamine hit. Ad. Cool. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Brenna. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. You're welcome. And listener, we'll see you. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, we'll see you again soon. And if you're not watching on the YouTube channel, come on over to the YouTube channel. Subscribe. There's a link in the description or the show notes 
below. Until the next time, be blessed. Take care. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators' ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook Ad Manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads. Click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link, and you can go download it right now for free.